But I'm excited about this message today. You know, I am from my, uh, my heritage, I am half Italian, and Italians are known for being very sensitive with their taste buds and with their sense of smell. And I can tell when things are fresh. I am kind of a food snob, so I don't like apples unless they're crisp. I don't like uh, <clears throat> three-week-old uh, tortilla chips. Now, my husband is not nearly as, he's not Italian, and he's also, well, he tells you this, he's kind of cheap, okay? He doesn't like to waste anything. And so when I taste a chip that's kind of less than, than uh, fresh, guess where I think it needs to go? the trash. Guess where he thinks it just needs to go? The dinner table, okay? So <clears throat> usually I win because he likes the way I cook, but I like things to be fresh, and I like things to have um, just that, that snap and that, that freshness. And you know, God is like that in our relationship with him. He wants you and I to have a fresh relationship. And there's a lot of things, and we're going to talk about it as we go through this message. There's things that kind of war with us to keep our relationship with God from staying fresh. And I want to read some scriptures with you, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to plunge in. Are you guys ready? All right. Here's some scriptures. In Romans 15, 13, I love this. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow, I love that word, with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That doesn't sound like a little bit or it doesn't sound like lack or it doesn't sound like stale. It sounds fresh, abundant in hope. <clears throat> Next verse, this is one of my favorites because I'm approaching my 60th birthday here in December. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. I love that. Not stale, not ready for, you know, to get, go out. And, I, man, fresh and flourishing, fruitful. And then one more scripture before we pray. I love this from Psalms 1. Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the path of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also, I love this, shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Woo, let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you are the God who is so into abundance. You're so into freshness, God. You are the God who said, I've come to give you life and that life more abundantly. I pray this morning that you would be with us. <clears throat> you would grace my words. And Father, that for every heart that has come in here, maybe, maybe a little bit like that stale chip or maybe just needing a little freshness, that God, you are going to give us some keys so that we can not only become fresher today, but that we can stay fresh and be that living bread, that living water to pour out into our very thirsty world. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, I love definitions. And it was very interesting when I was looking up the word stale. Um, it actually comes from a French word. And the French are very into food and bread and so forth. And it actually comes from a French word, you can read up here on the screen, that actually means to halt. And I thought, that's kind of strange to halt. But what it means is because when something is stale, like a piece of bread and you're biting in, you literally can't go all the way through. Your teeth halt because it's stiff and it's stale and it's not fresh. And that's where this word came from. 
And it's kind of interesting because when you and I are in a place in our life where we're stale and we're not fresh, what happens? We begin to halt in our forward progress. We're not making, things aren't as easy. They're not as, they're not as enjoyable. We're not making that forward progress and we become stale like that stale French bread or that stale toast. Another word that is equally kind of, and we will get encouraging, don't worry, as we get a little farther in the message, is wither. The word wither is just, some words just sound like wither. They just sound like what they mean. And it's a word that basically means to lose your substance and freshness by a loss of natural moisture. I love these synonyms, to dry up, to mummify, to mummy, to be a mummy, to shrivel, to welter, to wilt. To wisen. It just sounds like kind of a hurry. You can see, you can feel all the, all the moisture just kind of squeezing out of your body. You're just kind of like, like a prune. It's interesting because some related words are to cave in, to collapse, to deflate, to fold, to constrict, contract, shrink, decline, wane. You know, when we're not fresh, that's the kind of things that begin to happen in our walk with God. They begin to happen in our convictions. They begin to happen even in our relationships. We, we cave in, we collapse, and it's not a beautiful thing. The contrast words are beautiful, fresh and revive, revivify. That's a great word, revivify or revivify. It's just like to come back to life, to develop and grow and increase, and that's God's will for us. And that's why the word fresh in all of its beauty and definition means to have your original qualities unimpaired, full of renewed vigor, not stale, not sour. You know, I'm a person, I love things to smell good, and so I work hard on my laundry. And when, I, when we were, the kids were younger, we didn't have as much money, and so we'd buy the cheap stuff, and it never smelled as good, and I was always sad. And so when we had a little more resource, that's one area I don't skimp, so I buy better detergent, and I have those little downy little dot things that you know, I pour, you know what those are, to make your, your laundry smell better, and I put, in, I put in a softener, and I just want it to smell good. I don't want it to be stale. When Steve, in the days when he always wore a suit and tie and to church, I would send his, his shirts to the dry cleaners, and I loved when I would get back that white shirt, and it was starched, and it was perfectly clean, and it just glowed. That's a description of fresh, not sour, not stale, not faded, not wrinkled, not crumpled. You know, that's one of the reasons that women have to buy new clothes is because we just have to be fresh. We just can't be stale. You know, that's just for all of you guys out there. Um, Make sure you keep your wife fresh and flourishing in her wardrobe. But it's so important. And I was thinking about how do we stay fresh? And I looked up just kind of like even for bread, a loaf of bread. When it gets kind of stale, how do you keep it fresh? And we know sometimes we'll wrap it in foil, we'll stick it back in the oven and get it warm. But when I read about bread, it said that literally from the moment it comes out of the heat of the oven, it's on its way to staleness. So that's why, when have you ever tasted a nice fresh loaf of bread? I know if you're gluten-free, then maybe it's a gluten-free loaf of bread. But it's coming out, and it's warm, and you slather it with some butter. And if it's a biscuit, you put on some huckleberry jam or honey, and you just... Is there anything better than that in the world? Then fresh, it's warm, it's tender, it just, that's fresh. And that's beautiful, and that's what God intends for us. But literally, (coughs) and you've probably experienced this, the minute that bread or that biscuit or that thing begins to cool down, it begins to lose its freshness, it begins to harden. 
It begins to get stale. And unfortunately, that's what happens to us in our faith. The farther we get from the fire, the farther we get from the precious presence of God and from the goodness of what he's done for us in our life, and we get, we get caught up in other things, what happens? We begin to get cold. We begin to wither. We begin to get stale and lose our freshness. Now, unless you think I make this up, I want to read a passage of scripture that's probably familiar to you from Revelations chapter 3, and it says this. These are the words the angel of the church of Laodicea writes. These things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning and the, of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're not cold, but you're not hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then because you're lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Not very fun to hear from God. Because you say I'm rich and I become wealthy and I don't need anything, and you don't know that you're wretched and miserable and poor, blind, naked, stale, dry, withered. I'm adding those. I counsel you, here's a solution, to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments, those fresh, beautiful, sparkling garments that only God can give you, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with ISAP that you may see. And many, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, this is Jesus speaking, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he will me, he with me. You know, many times we look at that scripture and people have used it as a scripture to bring people to, to come to Jesus and to receive Christ as their Savior. And, and that's true. Jesus invites us. He wants us to be part of his family. He wants to be our Savior. <clears throat> but this scripture was actually written to people that were already Christians, they had already met Jesus. They had already experienced the, the beauty of being saved and having their sins washed away and being, and being you know, saved. And, and they, had, they had tasted life. They had been fresh. They had been born in the fire. And they'd been that fresh loaf of bread. And somehow, from distractions, from things like you know, the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, they kind of got cold. Not all the way cold. It isn't like they lost their faith, but just kind of lukewarm. You know, there's nothing worse than kind of like congealed soup that's not cold, but it's not hot, but it's, it's lukewarm. And that's what happened, was happening to these people's faith. And that's what happens to our faith and to our relationship with God when we lose that essence, that passion, that fire of knowing God and staying close to him and staying fresh. You know, Steve and I have been married for 38 or, or 38 years. We're moving into our 39th year. We were married in 1981. And, and we love each other. And we work very hard to keep our relationship fresh. You know, we just went, uh, we had the privilege in February of going on a two-week cruise to Hawaii. And it was awesome and wonderful. And I would go again in a minute tomorrow. I'd pack, I could be packed in 30 minutes and, and there and ready. So if you want to send me, I'm, I'm there. But can you imagine if our relationship wasn't fresh, how two weeks at sea, on a boat, together, could be? 
And you know, sometimes that's what happens in our relationship with God. We're not cold, but we're not hot. And the staleness has come in and there's a, a halting. You just can't quite get your teeth around it. It's not, it's not fresh. And I, I think that sometimes what we think is the solution, and, and my personality is kind of like this, well, then I've just got to do something huge, and I've got to really work it, and I've got to get close to God, and I've got to fix this in like two minutes, and, and it's, i got to go for it, and we get intense. And, and, you know, I read this quote that I think really applies to this. It says this. It says, most people need consistency more than they need intensity. You know, it's awesome to train for a marathon. My son Johnny is working towards that. It's awesome to set goals like I'm going to write a book in 30 days or I'm going to go on this cool, you know, retreat for, you know, meditation retreat. I'm going to like meet with God and it's all going to be solved. And those are moments. Our guys are up at a great retreat and that's awesome and that's a a great thing. But see, if I live my life for those intense kind of every once in a while, I'm not going to have the ability to have that carry through where the freshness stays with me day in, day out. I told the early service that there was a group of enemies of, the, of Israel that kind of mocked them, and they'd, they'd had some battles with them. And they said, well, their God is a God of the hills, but he's not a God of the valleys, and so we're going to get him in the valley. And God kind of laughs. I'm a God of the hills. I'm a God of the hills. I'm a God of the high points in your life. I'm a God of the valleys. God wants to be with us, freshly with us in every experience, every place of our life. But what brings us to that ability to stay fresh? It's usually the consistency. It's not missing a workout for two years, like Ali was talking about, you know, that consistency. It's, it's, it's maybe writing every week instead of trying to do that 30-day book. You know, my husband and I, as I was talking about our marriage, there's things he does every day for me that allow us to keep a freshness. Most of you know what's one of the things he does? Daddy tea every morning, almost without fail. He walks downstairs, and sometimes I feel guilty, like, honey, you don't have to, and he looks at me. Like, this is what I can do for you. I can make, and he makes me this wonderful, he heats the cup, he heats with hot water, then he, he gets it at perfect temperature, he times it, he has just the exact, that's how he is, very exact, amount of the, the sweetener, and he brings me this delicious cup of tea. I could make the tea the same way, it doesn't taste the same, because it's something special that he does, that's an act of love that keeps freshness. It's beautiful. And those are the kind of things, see, God doesn't want kind of an occasional, woo, here we are, I love, you know, God, I'm here for you. He wants to meet with you every single day. He wants to commune with you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants you and I to know him, and he already knows us, but he wants to let us know how much he knows us. And he wants to allow us to walk in that. You know, there's another part of that quote that says, intensity makes a good story. You know, the guy that climbed that mountain and, you know, almost died. And, you know, that makes a great story. But consistency makes progress. Consistency makes progress day after day, week after week. I was doing my parenting class, and one of the gals in my class was talking about how she was really upset because her Bible reading streak got messed up because she had started homeschooling and so she kind of got off kilter for like a day. And so I'm thinking, okay, well maybe you had like a good two week streak going, three weeks, maybe a month. And I go, how, we go, how, how long was your streak? It was pushing 500 days. Think about that. That's consistency. That's consistency. 
that keeps our relationship fresh. Um, there's a really excellent book that I highly recommend to you. I recommended this and I shared some of this at our, our summit with our dream team members. But a pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges from Birmingham, Alabama, he's kind of like me. He was raised a Christian and been in church all his life. And he, his book is called Fresh Air. And it really speaks of keeping that freshness in your relationship. And I'm going to go through seven things that he kind of gave us as kind of a checklist to kind of check, how's my relationship with God? And we're going to walk through them. But I recommend it to you. It's a free, you can get it free on Hoopla. How many have Hoopla application? It's free. All your library books, lots of Christian books, leadership books. So you can listen for free uh, and, and, and really get refreshed by it. But he gives some examples of things that help us kind of check ourselves. And you know, before I go through this list, I want to just, I want to just encourage you. I really felt this in the, in the worship time, even prophetically. For many of you, God, God wants to meet with you. There's some things I just felt, some of you have some problems, some things that you're kind of wrestling with, that if you will take the time to spend time with God and get out of the, the hurry and just consistently wait on the Lord, God's going to give you some answers. I really believe that. I don't know if it's in the area of work or business. I felt like it was in some natural areas. But I really feel as we go through this checklist, listen to these and say, God, is there an area here where I need to freshen up? You know, I know as women, we, we, I'm always, I always keep my lipstick. I'm always freshening up my lipstick because I, I don't want to look pale. You know, what, what do they do in the days when they didn't have lipstick? I guess they pinched their lips or crushed, crushed leaves, wiped it on their mouth. Hopefully they weren't poisonous. <laughs> but let's go through this list. Number one, are you enjoying your relationship with God, participating out of delight and not duty? Do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy spending time with God? I was <clears throat> telling the first service, sometimes because my personality, I'm, I'm kind of energetic and, and I'm going. And so I have a really hard time praying still. Like kneeling for me is really hard because I'm kneeling and all of a sudden, what am I, I going to do? Oh, no, what's going on? And then I'm, you know, so one day, and I've done this quite a few times to God. I'm driving in my car, and I'm praying, and I'm talking. And all of a sudden, I go, God, I think you hate my prayers. Because if I were you, because I'm, I'm just not still, this doesn't seem like really good, like, really good prayer. And I almost felt God chuckle. He was like, I love you. He created me. And we're going to talk about that as we go through part of what keeps us fresh is understanding that God created us the way we are. And he uses the strength and the, the, the parts of who we are to stay connected with us. My prayer life might look a little different with you, but my prayer life needs to be consistent and it needs to be where I'm enjoying God's presence. I think one of the greatest example of the, uh, examples of this in the Bible is King David. You can't read the Psalms and not know that this man loved spending time with God. And it wasn't just in the good times. When you read, I love to read the Psalms, but I really like the headings. That before you read the Psalm, where it talks about, sometimes he'll be saying, you know, this Psalm was written while he was running from Saul in the wilderness for running for his life. Another one might say, this one he's writing right after he was betrayed by such and such people. He was writing these times where he'd be pouring out his heart to God and talking about the goodness of God and being honest with God. He enjoyed his time with God, and he was able to stay fresh. That's my question to you this morning. Do you enjoy your personal time with God? Number two, are you embracing your uniqueness and the calling that God has on your life? 
Psalms 139 says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. He made you specifically. <clears throat> Don't try to be somebody else. That's what I was talking about just a minute ago. Steve and I are very different people. You know, when we first got married, you know, he would, we would have a problem and he would pray about it. And I would be like, okay, you prayed. Do you have an answer? He'd look at me like, no. Okay. And then, it, you know, an hour would go by. It's like, have you, have you heard an answer yet? You know, I would get so frantic and he'd just look at me. And sometimes it would be days, sometimes it would be weeks. And I was like, who, who has that much time? We got to do something here. And yet I learned that so many things in our life, we were spared because he, he moves at a different pace. God gave grace to him in a different way. But he's really thankful that I am, that once he gets the answer, I know how to go, woo, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because we move forward, there's a grace. You are a unique human being that God created. And when you embrace that, it helps you stay fresh because you're not spending all of your time kind of inward navel gazing, trying to figure out how you get better. You're trusting God and you're going, I like who you created me to be. And I'm going to use that. And that moves into number three, feeling empowered to be creative and to pursue your dreams. When was the last time you created something just kind of for fun? Maybe you paint pictures. Maybe you write poetry. Maybe you're a great business person. You know, there's some people in the Bible that I think are beautiful. And I was telling the first service, I think we have done a great disservice to the body of Christ because we look at this maybe 20 by 30, you know, and it's different sizes in different church to the platform. And we say the only things of value that I can do for God are preaching a sermon, leading a worship service, teaching a class, something that happens up here. And yet that is not the Bible. God created each of us and said, whatever I've gifted you with, use that for the glory of God. Come back next week. We're going to be learning about that when we discover our purpose. And it's so important that we understand there are people in the Bible, some of my favorite people, Aholiab and Bezalel. Those are some names for you. They were incredible craftsmen that knew how to do metalwork and knew how to, they created the beauty of the temple. They used their gift and God was, it was beautiful. There was a lady in the Bible that many of you may have not even heard of named Dorcas. And when she was in, I believe it's in Acts uh, 9 or 10, that she passed away. She died. And people were weeping and begging the apostle Peter to raise her from the dead. She wasn't this great evangelist or speaker. She literally was a seamstress that did acts of kindness. And it says in the Bible that they came with a tunic or a coat that she had made for them and they were weeping. And they were saying, Paul, she can't die. Or Peter, you have to raise her from the dead. And she did. How many Dorcases are sitting in this congregation? But we get stale because we don't appreciate who God created us to be and use those gifts. Number four, having a sense of purpose and focus. Living on purpose every day. Do you wake up ready to hit the day? God, woo! This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. When you know your purpose and what God created you for, then what gives you that ability to wake up and go, okay, God, I'm connected to that purpose and I can move forward with freshness. It's, it's awesome. You know, I, I believe that I'm doing what I was called and created for. When I was a little girl at my grandma's house, I would stand at her, her, her coffee table and I preached to thousands of people. I pretended I was Billy Graham. 
And so many people got saved. I was four, five, seven years old. What was happening? God was, was introducing that call on my life, okay? What makes your heart sing? Is it business? Is it, is it acts of service? Is it leadership? What is it? When you connect with that, that helps keep that freshness in your life. I love this one, laughing and finding humor in areas of life. When's the last time you just belly laughed? That's one of the things I admired about my husband and his family. They can belly laugh. And I'm a little bit more of a serious person. So, you know, I, it takes me a bit to get like where I'm just like gut-wrenchingly laughing. My daughter, Natalie, sometimes she'll, it's usually when she's tired, she gets the silly giggles. And it's beautiful. I love it. I should take a picture of it and save it so I can look at it when I'm, you know, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. I told the story last service, and many of you have heard this story, but we were going through a really hard season. This was probably 20 years ago, and I was teaching. I was weary, and I was just, I, I was so weary. And for whatever reason, I was only teaching one Bible college class instead of two on Mondays. And so I would rush home. I'd throw my jammies on. I would leap into my bed. I'd turn on the television, and there was this short-lived show called Baby Bob. Anybody ever see Baby Bob? It lasted less, I, I, I checked, it was like one season. And I actually believe that God helped them write that show for me. Because it was this baby sitting in a high chair, talking and saying stupid things that I would just belly laugh. I sat in my bed, <laughs> And then after that, what, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond would come on. And I literally laughed my way to joy. I got fresh. Sometimes you just need to lighten up and laugh. And sometimes you need to laugh with God. Have some private jokes with God. Guess what? Either laugh at yourself because he's laughing sometimes. I know God laughs at me. Laugh, rejoice. And this last one, or the last two, develop the life-giving relationships. I think I actually forgot this one last session. Develop life-giving relationships by addressing hurts, wounds, and disappointments as they occur. You know, sometimes stuff happens, painful things. You can't be in a room this size and not have had disappointments and hard stuff. You know what? That's the beauty like we've talked about of even in your connect group. Get some people where you can take off your mask, get free, talk about it, share. You know, ow, this, this thing is holding me back. I can't, I just can't seem to get past it. I feel stale. I feel stuck. I feel, well, you know what? Man, get with a trustworthy person. Share it. Let him pray with you. Get a God answer for it. And God will set you free and bring you back to that place of freshness. I'm not just saying that uh, just like, well, this, like clinically. I'm telling you, I would not be here today if I had not been able to address certain wounds and hurts and disappointments that went in deep, hit at a place that I couldn't fix myself. And I had to find that person to help pray me through or encourage me through. And all of a sudden, you come out on the other side and you can do it. God doesn't want us to live stuck. And then last, focusing on others more than ourselves. Pastor Steve used to tell this story that when he was in Bible college and sometimes he would just get a little down or a little, you know, just frustrated or whatever, he would, he would go and find someone to witness to. He'd go downtown, maybe even find a homeless person, buy him a cup of coffee, buy him some lunch, and just share the gospel. And he said, whew, he would just, all of a sudden, he would feel that freedom. You know, there's something about, about 
about just sharing your faith and kind of getting outside of yourself. You know, for Pastor Steve and I, we have four beautiful grandchildren. And just watching, watching them do normal things. We called Jack. It was his birthday. And we're calling to sing happy birthday. And he's literally bouncing. Because ah! his mama had made him crepes. And he had the red plate. We have a red plate in our family called You Are Special Today. And every birthday, you get the red plate. And so the red plate was there. And then he'd asked for stuffed artichokes for dinner. What six-year-old asks for stuffed artichokes? <laughs> For dinner, well, he's Jack. And Jake said, if there's any left, he will eat every one. But he was literally leaping like a pogo stick for joy. Do you know what? Us Christians that have been around a while, we need to get some new believers around us that are pogo sticking because Jesus set them free, that are leaping with joy because they were lost and now they're found, because all of a sudden they have family, they have community, and we've started taking it for granted. It's stale and ugh, it's kind of like, no, we got you gotta get out there, outside of yourself and see the freshness. The other, I think it was Wednesday night, I was looking out and one of our new believers was worshiping like this, and they had the hugest grin. And I was almost in tears. I said, that's why we do this. You got to get out of the, the, the things that are looking. You're looking, that's ugly, that's ugly. Then put something beautiful like Jesus in front of your face. Put something beautiful like a brand new believer in front of your face. Put something beautiful like a person that just needs you to spend a little time with them and help them get unstuck. You know, there's a song we used to sing, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We got to freshen up. I'm going to ask you a couple questions as we kind of land this thing, because God is knocking. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone is thirsty, if anyone's hungry, if anyone hears my voice and opens that door to me, I'll come right in. I'll, I'll, I'll have dinner with you. I'll talk with you. I'll heal you. I'll refresh you. And together, us with the Lord, we can change the world. One broken person at a time. I really honestly believe that this is not optional for Christians. I don't believe, you, I think you can go to heaven as a stale, sour-faced Christian. But I just don't think that's what you were meant to be. I think we're meant to sail into heaven like this. Woo! What a ride! What a ride! Yeah, there's been hills. Yeah, there's been valleys. Yes, there's been struggles. Yes, there's been persecution. Yes, there were pressed and not crushed. Yes, all those things. But the Bible says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. More than conquerors. And that's what we're believing for. That's how you stay fresh. Here's some questions. Am I committed to do what it takes to stay fresh? Like Ali said in the offering, it's, it's, a, it's a discipline and it's a, and a decision. It's a discipline to stay fresh, but it's a decision. I believe we're making it today. What is one next step that you can do to freshen up. You know, for me personally, I'll give you two next steps that I did this last year to bring some freshness into my faith. One is I started going to early morning prayer consistently. 
And I'm not saying that's for you, but I'm saying for me. I started first, I go one day a week, then twice. Now I, Pastor Steve and I go almost as often as we can. Because there's something about praying with other believers. And our work schedule allows it from 6.30 to 7.30. We worship, we pray. And it has just knocked out some cobwebs out of my, my, own, my own life. And so it's been awesome. The second thing I did is I changed up my devotions a little bit. I always read my Bible through in a year, but I had my family for Christmas, and some of you have already heard me say this, but buy me a set of the New Testament in little individual journal. It's the Bible, and then there's a blank page, so it's, and it's the whole New Testament, and I've been reading through the New Testament that way this year. It has just lit me on fire for the Bible. I've read the Bible for lots of years. I'm Like I said, I'm turning 60. I've been a Christian since I was four. I've been reading the Bible regularly for about 55 years. So that means I've read it a few times. It's so fresh. Sometimes I read it, I go, that was not there. <laughs> Ever had that experience? I'm reading Romans and I'm going, oh my goodness, Acts. And it's beautiful. And I, I slowed my pace down because like I told you, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, you know, for, what is that gear? Is that fourth gear? I don't know. Whatever gear it is, I'm there. And I have to always go, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. But those are just two very natural, simple things I did to bring freshness. And God is going to reveal those to you. We're going to pray in a minute. And then will I allow God to freshen me up three years from now? No, today. Today. In a minute, we're going to pray, and we're going to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus. But then I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to tell you something. I know the Holy Spirit is here to kind of light your fire today if you want it to be lit. He's knocking on your door. You know, there's pilot lights, and if your pilot goes out, your heater won't go. But when your pilot is lit, it can get pretty difficult, and all of a sudden, whoop. Some of you guys, your pilot is either out, or it's like, whoop, it's kind of like, Really, you need, you, need a, you need a turbocharge of the Holy Spirit, and he is here. And I just, I, I believe that if you want it, we're going to open up the altars in a minute, you can have it, because God's here. But first, if you'd close your eyes with me, we're going to pray. And I, I want to give this invitation. Some of you are in this room, and maybe you hear me talking, and you go, she's a little bit crazy. And that is true. But I can tell you, I met Jesus as a four-year-old little girl, and I had him wash my sins away and, and set me free, and he has walked with me all those years. And I know that he is the only answer to the sin that, that knocks us out. He's the only answer to the problems that we face. And Jesus is here today, and he's knocking on the door of your heart, and he's saying, if you will say yes to me, I will come in, and I will wash your sins away, I will set you free, and I will bring you into a life that you can't even imagine. If that's you today, maybe you've never received Jesus, or maybe it was a long time ago and you just haven't walked in your faith, I want to give you the opportunity. We're not going to embarrass you. Every eye is closed. Just raise your hand right now. We want to pray for you. We want to, we want to invite you into this life of faith. I believe there's some of you here. God is knocking on your door today. Don't leave this place without that fresh commitment to Jesus, without that fresh commitment. Come on. Do I see any hands? Raise those hands. He wants you. He loves you. He's for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give just another second. Come on. He's calling you. He wants you for his own. He's calling you. He loves you. He formed you. 
He made you beautiful. He is your Savior and your God. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Come on home. Come on home. Come on home to Jesus. Ooh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray for every person. I don't I didn't see any hands go up, but Lord, I know, I believe there's ones here today that, Lord, you want to relight their pilot. Lord, I pray that they're going to have just the Holy Ghost hound of heaven, and they will just come and just let you come in their life. Refresh them, save them, give them that new birth. For the rest of us, is there anybody here like me that would raise your hands and say, I need that fresh touch of God. I need that fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift those hands up high. If one, two, just right now, the Holy Spirit just wants to breathe on you. We're just going to take about 60 seconds and just, come on, Holy Spirit, we're calling on you. We need you. Can you just say that? I need you, Holy Spirit. We need you. You're welcome in my life. Oh, God, bring that freshness, God. Blood, God. Blow on that flame. Oh, God, stir us. Stir hearts, God. Stir our hearts, God. Oh, let us be hot, God. Oh, not lukewarm. Oh, let us burn for you, God. Burn for your kingdom. Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, I pray over every person in this house today, God. Lord, we need you, God. Even the song that we sang today, Lord, we need to be more like Jesus. Lord, more than air, more than water, God, we need your presence. We need you. And I pray that, God, Lord, right now I just believe you're, 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 you're starting. You're lighting some pilots. You're fanning the flame. God, people are going to go from here. And, God, you're going to reveal to us those next steps, Lord, that to just fan the flame. You're going to show us what's blocking that freshness, God. Lord, as we come to know you and we find freedom and then we, we find that thing that we discover the purpose that you created us for, we can make a difference. And God, our world needs you. Our world needs you. You are the only answer and we are the, the vehicle that you chose, your church, your people, to bring Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Just breathe in right now as Alec comes. Just say, I breathe in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to be up here for prayer. If you want some more prayer, please don't leave this place dry. Let God refresh you.